once again, 2 o'clock on a Tuesday, awesomeo.com, PGA show, presented by Monkey Knife Fight, and we'll get to them in a second. I am Ben Reza, that is Tim Frank, fantasy golf man. Hi, how are you enjoying the old Florida swing, Tim? This is in your old stomping grounds, one week down, many more to go. Love the Florida swing. Like I said, love the early golf. Uh, yeah, I'm a Floridian, transplanted up here to Minnesota, so um, I always like seeing the palm trees and uh, gators, and it reminds me of home. But moccasins, uh, moccasins yeah, you got to watch out for those water moccasins. Um, yeah, love the Florida swing. I, I thought last week that course was great. Um, I, I think we need more of that. I think we need more Victor Hovland, like chipping back and forth over the green 19 times and stuff like that. But uh, yeah. What's not to love about Florida? Yeah, I mean, I don't like the state in general. It's hot and humid, <laughs> but I love the golf. Uh, water, challenging, different type of, you know, the, the tour, it can get week after week, kind of blends together. That course was different. Um, and I think anytime you get different, especially without getting overly gimmicky, that's a good thing. Uh, concession was very interesting. Morikawa is just really good. Uh, we knew he was good. We actually both talked about him. And, you know, again, this is you change the surface. Doesn't mean you're automatically going to gain strokes putting, but we saw that to be the case with him. It's just incredible. His irons are, I mean, you're more in tune to that than I am. It seems like he's almost in uncharted territory uh, at times. Yeah. I mean, you don't want to use these phrases for a guy that's like as young as he is, but it's like the dude seems like the best iron player in the world. Um, and and honestly, the stats probably back that up, but yeah, just to kind of touch on that, you know, I mean, not that people were on Morikawa last week, but I think people will see, you know, if you're looking at putting and looking at a guy that lost a ton of strokes putting, um, and looking at it as a total negative and just nuking the guy from the player pool the next week, I think that's a mistake. I mean, maybe I take it too far with just targeting pure ball striking and horrible putting, um, but I think if you looked at Morikawa and said, oh, you know, we can't play him this week because he lost eight strokes putting. I think that's definitely a mistake, especially with a guy like him who we, we've seen. He won the PGA, won the workday. He can make enough putts to win big tournaments. Um, so I think it's important to look behind the numbers and not just necessarily say, oh, man, we got to stay away from this guy because he was horrible with the putter. Like we say week after week, so much variance in, involved in that. I mean, it was you know, pretty obvious. He wasn't going to putt like that again. And, you know, he was, he was fantastic last week. No, no, no doubt about it. It's with, with these guys, when they putt, they look, you know, it, it you can get to, I, I will say even Morikawa, he's been fantastic. It's not to take anything away, but we get to where it's like, well, if he putts, he's going to win every event. Like, well, no, that there's a lot of guys that if they bring their best skill set and they pair it, with some putting and some other things, they're going to be very tough to stop. He, he's one of them though. Uh, and we'll get it. Any, any other takeaways you mentioned around the green, there was some crazy Rasmus made a 10 uh, Hovland made an eight. There was a lot of really interesting, like around the green type situations at, at concession. Yeah. And I mean, I think when they, when you talk about making courses more difficult, it doesn't necessarily need to be like longer, shorter. I mean, stuff like that, I think has a big impact on the game without, like you said, without being gimmicky, it was kind of, the course didn't look like it, but reminiscent of, was it, was it Houston where they had the new course where there was yes. a lot of guys having uh, trouble around the green? And I think, 
you know, just having like runoffs and stuff like that, just it, you need more precision uh, with the iron game and it, it, it penalizes kind of Aaron shots a lot more. And yeah, I, I was kind of a big fan of that. I like to see, I, I'm much more of a fan of seeing the guy struggle. I love like us open type conditions um, just from a viewing standpoint. I, I think it's more fun. No doubt. I'm with you. I like that. It's diff- again, just different without being gimmicky. That's my motto. And I'm sticking to it. We're going to get to Bay Hill right now. Before I do, though, I do want to quickly talk about our sponsors, Monkey Knife Fight. Player props based contests. They're easy to play. They don't require time commitment that the other DFS sites require in order to be competitive. Uh, You're in charge. You've got NBA, UFC, PGA, eSports, soccer. So really any sport, they have it. Uh, To get started, head over to monkeyknifefight.com and choose which game you want to play, your contest type, your buy-in level. Uh, and if you do, when you do use the promo code awesome, you get an instant first match deposit bonus up to $50 sign up today. Definitely worth checking out. Like I said, a lot of different sports over there. We've got Arnold Palmer invitational 120 ish golfers, not a full field, but certainly not a non-cut. We've got Bay Hill. We've seen this place a thousand times, Tim. What the only thing I want to say before you dive into it, what do you make of last year? Because the winning score was only minus four, uh, I guess that means that the weather can really change some things around here. How do you factor that into what we see at Bay Hill? Yeah, I mean, I think Bay Hill is a tougher course. Um, You know, minus four on a par 72, that's like U.S. Open conditions. I don't, you know, that's that was obviously an outlier. But we have seen, you know, tougher conditions than normal uh, here several years. 2011, the winning score was minus eight. We've seen the winning score minus 11, minus 12, minus 13, which for par 72, track that's still uh, difficult you know I, I would say it plays somewhere between moderately difficult to right around average so I mean last year that was an anomaly but honestly any of these Florida courses if it were anywhere if the wind gets way up I mean you can see crazy crazy mm-hmm. scores um but to me that was more of an outlier I'm going to approach it as you know this being a moderately difficult track but not to the extent it was last year yeah I think that's fair I, and I, I'm not to say I talked about this in my premium article behind the paywall. I don't think you want to throw out that information. You just want to use it to maybe plan for a certain style of build. I've seen some reports that maybe on the weekend it gets horrible conditions. We'll see. Uh, I'm not going to go crazy with that, but you keep that in mind. You see, I mean, I don't think it's a surprise that a lot of international players have done well at Bay Hill. It's got that feel. Um, It's that type of golf to me in in a lot of ways. So we, we can really, I think, any type can compete here. I'm not going to rule out anything. I do think it, it lends itself in some regard to a second shot, a lot of long irons. That's one takeaway for me. You better know what you're doing with long irons. You're going to have to make some putts, but that's no different than any other place. Yeah. 7,400 yard par 72. Um, you know, to me, I think length, like we say, it's always an advantage, but yep. here it's definitely not bombs away. It's not a huge advantage. And we've seen shorter guys, contend and have success here you know of all the florida courses honda sawgrass valspar i think maybe you know length is maybe a little bit more important here than those other places but i you know i'm not getting carried away this isn't riviera tory pines where you're just wailing away on driver so i'm pretty much playing it kind of middle of the road so let's get into the pricing uh we've got rory we've got bryson Hovland, Reed, and the defending champ in Ty Hatton are, are the 10K and 11K options. I want to ask you this right off the bat. I wasn't even thinking about bringing this up, but chat seems to want to be talking about this. Do you think 
seriously that there's any chance that Bryson does try to hit over the lake. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely a chance. I, I don't think because um, who knows what he's going to do if he's like out of contention or something like that. I, I think if he's in contention, I don't see him trying to drive the green on the par five. I don't know. What is that? The sixth hole or something. Um, but yeah, who knows if he's, if he's 12 shots back on Sunday, I could definitely see him giving it a go. You think there's any chance he can do it? I think he could do it with multiple chances. I would say it would be extremely difficult in a competition with one tee shot to, to pull that off. I think if he stood there with a few chances, yes, he could convert that, but I don't. I, I've, I've been there. I lived in Orlando. I've stood yes. there, and yeah, I've been to Bay Hill. Um, a little bit too far for me. I don't. I don't think I could quite make that carry. Yeah, I mean, I, I I've not <laughs> stood there. It doesn't matter if I've stood there. You've got that. Not, I, I, maybe I'm wrong, and this doesn't really matter. We're going to get into everything in a second. I don't think there's any chance he's going to try this. I really don't. Um, I, I hope he not. Does. Not even totally out of it. I think so. I, so uh, maybe I'm wrong, but there's been so many times where I'm just, maybe I don't understand golf, which is highly possible. There's so many times with Bryson when he's out of contention where I'm just like, why isn't he just bombing it right now? Like 400 yards. Like it feels like he's had opportunities to do that. Maybe he's done this all for this type of hole and he will try it and he will come up 20 yards short. And then he has to re tee in the same spot, like an idiot. <laughs> I hope he tries it. Um, anyway, that's not relevant. You, you know, with the 120 man field, it's a lot easier to make this cut. I think that does lend to stars and scrubs. How do you approach this? You've got Rory, you've got Hovland is playing out of his mind. You know, we mentioned Bryson and then you've got Reed and Hatton who are totally different types of players. Yeah. I mean, tough at the top, you know, we don't have four or five, like the big five, like we've had uh, seems like a lot of the weeks recently. Um, for me, it's Rory Bryson and Hovland in one group, you know, Reed and Hatton, good players. They're just not my type of players. I can see why they're priced here, but they're just they're just kind of like never the route that I'm going to go. Um, you know, Rory last week, sixth, um, gained 4.4 with the ball strike, and it just seems like it's what we've seen out of him for almost a calendar year now, right? It's like we came back from the COVID break and just, just never seems to be able to get over the hump. The ball striking is always good. Um, never massively huge ball striking numbers, but good finishes. He's got a great record here, here T six or better in the last four. I, I think he'll be popular. I, I don't mind him. I'm still preferential to Bryson and Hovland. Um, you know, Bryson's interesting game 2.58 ball striking last week, but really the first round was awful. He was, he was good. Um, the last three rounds and, and one of the other things he finished T 22, but he was, he was ninth, I believe, in DraftKings scoring. I mean, so he he outscored his placement pretty big. Um, I like the boomer bust factor. Um, so I think I like him a little bit better than Rory. But for me, Hovland at 10-6, I know the price is getting up there. But this guy is just on another level with the ball striking. Last week, gained 13 and a half strokes ball striking, which is, I mean, that might be like a top five or 10 performance all year. And that's not out of the blue. I mean, he gained eight at Riviera, he gained 7.3 at Farmers. Um, you know, he had that one blow up hole, but he's just week in and week out um, off the tee and on approach. Amazing. So I, I think my favorite play would be Hovland. Second would be Bryson, just kind of still continuing to embrace the variance. Yeah, I mean, Ho Hovland is, 
like I'm not going to get carried away, but he's just like Rory when Rory was super di- like he is dismantling the course tee to green and and his putting lately has been fine. It's actually been pretty good. Not much to say about him. He's not a good around the green player, but doesn't it doesn't really matter uh, right now. So he's gonna the one thing about Hovland, he's gonna be very popular. He should be popular, but he's going to be. Uh, I have no problem with Rory, of course. Bryson's the wild card off the tee and putting combo is just a weird combo, but he does it and he wins like that. I I definitely Reed is always tough. I want to see what the ownership shakes out. Um, I don't really look to him during the Florida swing naturally just because it's just not where i play him but there's no denying that when he's on he can just manage this if it's very tough i think that helps him uh he's more built for that than i think a a, a shootout of some sort yeah i'm just you know i you're not a reed guy i'm okay i like reed i am a reed guy but when you know he and i'll say this again he deserves to be priced up here but just when he is up here with guys like Hovland, Bryson, et cetera, I am just not, I'm not in that, in that camp with him. I'm more of a, you know, when, when he's 8,000, 8,500 in a major, which we we're, we might not see that again with him. He's playing great. Um, but it, you know, I'll take Hovland, I'll take Bryson all day over Reed. Um, and then what, what do you make a Hatton? I mean, playing great, um, yeah. but just still t- flat 10 in this field. I don't know. Uh, you know, one here defending champ kind of getting a bump weird stats from last week. And I knew we would have some weird stats, but he lost six and a half strokes around the green. Everything else was great. I I don't really make much of that to be honest. I think it's fine to me though. I would much rather just go get Hovland uh, or one of those guys or even Reed or Bump down, 9K range. Fitzy's right there. Everything that Hatton's doing, Fitzy's doing, and he loves this place. Sunjay M, back-to-back third-place finishes at API. Now we get serious. We've got Decky, Spieth, Day, Casey, and Fleetwood. Really interesting targets in the lower nines. Uh, but I want to start with those first guys, particularly Fitzpatrick, who, I mean, what can you say? I know, again, he's not going to kill, d- dismantle a course. Long irons, putting, playing great. What's not to like? price yeah i mean he's the european tour spieth um which you know not necessarily a terrible thing um but you know i just put him in the boat with hatton um i think there's just other guys i prefer but he's he's playing great and and he's actually striking it better you know than i would have expected gaining strokes off the tee on approach uh riviera um for me though i don't know i think sungjay at 9700 you know the numbers aren't gonna wow you recently and I'm usually not huge into stuff like this, but he has just been in Florida. The guy yep. has been unconscious. You know, he won Honda. He's got two third place finishes here. He's got a fourth at Valspar. You know, I think he's better at courses where you don't have to bomb it, which, you know, I think we both agree that you, you definitely don't need to be overly long here. I mean, and he's just kind of been chugging along with decent finishes, decent ball striking, not wowing anything until you go back to tournament of champions where he's fifth and gains 7.8, but just positive ball striking, decent finishes the whole way. I think the switch to Florida is, is going to be good for him. I, I like him at 9,700. I mean, everything in Florida has been immaculate. He loves Bermuda right now. He's got to shore up the irons. He lost again. I'm not overly concerned, but I think that's preventing big time finishes right now. He was good off the tee and good with the putter. 
I have no problem with Sunjay. I have no problem with Fitzy. Uh, the guys to the lower nines is where I think it gets difficult. Decky has just been not good. I mean, there's no way around it. He was 15th last week, but again, the stats are all over the place. He's great long-term with long irons. I just don't know where he's at. Uh, and then you've got some characters. Day has withdrawn two years in a row here. This is when he went to Disneyland. Uh, Casey's back. He's going to be popular. Fleetwood is very interesting. Um, what do you make of the lower nines before I give my spiel? I think Casey is too cheap at 9,100. He'll be popular, but rightly so. He's been great. He was eighth at Amex, gained 7.4 with the ball striking. He won at Saudi Arabia. He was T12 the following week in the Mideast swing. Uh, came back to Pebble where he was fifth, and he gained two and a half strokes ball striking. So, I mean, his last four starts have been really, really good. Um, and 9,100, you know, he's just playing better and more consistent than all of the other guys down here. He's better, more consistent than Decky, Spieth, Day, Fleetwood. I mean, I don't even think it's close for any of those guys. Not that the other guys are terrible, but, you know, Casey's consistently or historically a very consistent player anyway. So this isn't really out of the norm for him, but he's just playing so well right now. And, you know, I think he's the best play of the lower 9K range. Yeah, he, listen, he's playing great. I like this course for him. Uh, I think he's someone, you know, in the betting markets, you can look for like very stable type bets, top 20s, things like that. You know, if you want to anchor your card, he seems very live to just have a quality week. But, Chad, I hope you're ready for this. I, for the first time in, it's got to be over a year, I think that Spieth sets up really well. I do. I think that he's kind of back to an extent and it's, it's really a product of people look and it's like, Oh, he came in fourth and third to me. The impressive thing is he came in 15th at Genesis. I couldn't think of a worse course. He was positive off the T at Genesis. That makes two straight. He had lost lost in 15 straight events off the T and now he's turned around for two straight. The putter is good. The irons have been good. That wasn't the problem. The short game has always been good. That's never the problem. He's never played here. I think that's going to suppress ownership. I think the spot is pretty good for speed. I actually think no one's really talking about him. He's 30 to one in the betting market. What do you make of speed? Do you think he's playable here? I mean, I think he's playable. He's definitely found something and turned things around and moving in the right direction. I mean, I don't think anybody can argue that he was fourth at waste management ball striking. He gained four, he was third at Pebble, gained another four and a half. Like you said, he was 15th at Riviera. Ball striking right around neutral. But that, like I said, when we did the show for Riviera, I think that's maybe the worst course on tour for him. Uh, and he was just fine there. Um, so definitely moving in the right direction. I don't think he'll be overly popular and the price is decent. Um, I'd still prefer Casey. Or if we want to include Sungjae, who's 400 more, I prefer him. Um, but there's definitely reasons to be playing Spieth or at least be long on Spieth, especially, you know, on Bermuda now. I mean, I, I don't know. He puts well everywhere. I think he puts yeah. well on Poe. He puts well on Bermuda. I don't think it really matters, the putting surface for him. But, I mean, there's he's definitely trending up. He definitely is. Um, we, we don't have a lot of history with him in Florida, to be honest. He doesn't play that often at Honda, API, Valspar. He plays the players, and he plays usually really shitty. But, um yeah, and because you have to hit it straight at the players. Yeah, and that's a fair point. As Chat just pointed out, short game doesn't help out of the water. That is true. These are really easy to hit fairways, but listen, if you're putting it in the water, 
I don't care where you are. You're going to have serious problems. I think Spieth is fine, though. Last guy, do you have a feel on Fleetwood? I mean, he finally gained with the irons. He lost six and a half strokes putting. It's kind of enticing, but Casey's right there. I think unless you're really going purely ownership, you know, there's a better play right above him. Yeah, you know, we just haven't seen the prime Tommy Fleetwood like we saw. I don't even remember when it was. It was a year or two ago when it looked like he was going to win majors and win big PGA Tour tournaments. Not that he's playing terrible. Um, He's just fallen off a bit. Went 7th, 17th, 26th on the Mideast swing. He was 44th last week. Yeah, the putter was terrible, but the ball striking, he only gained one and a half. Now, that's fine, but that's it's not like he was striping the ball and couldn't make anything. I mean, just you know, a slightly, I guess, better than average, uh, uh, ball striking performance. So yeah, I, yeah, I don't, I guess I don't really like him that much this week. Fair enough. Yeah. I mean, I, I think for me, you've got some good plays up top, safe plays in Casey. I, I like Spieth. Um, I would take a chance with day if I was going to go off the board over, okay. um, Fleetwood or, or Spieth or Decky. Yeah. I, though, listen, ownership is going to determine exactly how much I need. My goal, though, I, I may build some teams, and I rarely do this, that that try to get three of these guys, and I punt north of 10. Uh, I really don't mind starting, like, Im, Spieth, Casey, and then round it out. Uh, you can survive unless Rory does us all. Yeah, especially on a week like this, because you're not having to dodge Rom, JT, Xander, Rory, but yeah. all these guys at once. I mean, if you look, and I like these guys at the top, but outside of Rory, I mean, obviously huge question marks with Bryson. Hovland's kind of getting in uncharted territory at this price range. And then Reed and Hatton above 10K. I mean, I don't, those aren't, you're not scared for life for, you know, mm-hmm. fading those guys. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's not a bad week to go balance. You're not having to dodge just like literally every great golfer in the world. Yeah. No doubt. You're always incurring some risk, but is there that big of drop-off between Hatton and Reed and those guys? Not huge. Uh, now, <laughs> 8K range, is there that big a drop-off to $8,900 Billy Ho? Uh, we've got Usti, we've got Molinari, Will Z, Homa, Burns. Uh, let's just start. Billy Horschel needs his own category, honestly. Comes to Florida. The guy had lost it, since the U.S. Open – in early September of 2020, he had exactly zero events where he gained on the irons. What happens? He goes to Florida and he just gains across the board. Plus eight with the ball striking, plus six with the putter. Easy game, Billy Ho in Florida somehow. I mean, he's a gator, you know? He's just, he loves Florida. By a gator. I like Billy Ho. I just, what a turnaround. I don't know if I can pay almost 9K for him, though. Yeah, big price hike. Um, yeah, I, I don't think I'm there. I'm not buying the Florida narrative uh, quite that much. Uh, played well last week, but yeah, it just definitely feels like like last week would have been obviously the time to play him. Cheap, nobody played him, played well, and now it just, yeah, I, I think you kind of missed the boat on him. Um, you know, for me, I think Molinari looks good at 8,700. He's just, seems like he's totally back. You know, for him, for a couple of years, he was just so good, so consistent, a lot like Paul Casey. Um, and we he started winning events, and then he, he became terrible and didn't play for a while. But, I mean, it looks like he's back 8th at Amex, 10th at Farmers, good ball striking, both of those places, 8th at Riviera, which I don't think is a good course for him. Um, everything looks good with him. So I don't mind Molinari. 
You know, Zalatoris at 8,600, again, he gained 6.5 ball striking last week, was T22 in a really strong field. Um, and just, you know, since the U.S. Open, since we really started seeing him, you know, kind of play full-time on the PGA Tour, he's got eight top 25s and 11 starts. I, I don't mind him at all. Maybe, you know, it doesn't have, like, the resume of some of these other guys, Ustase and Molinari, Homa, et cetera. But, I mean, he he's a young stud, and he's – you know, not on the same level of Hovland, but he's just week in and week out gaining six, eight strokes with the ball striking. So I don't mind. I don't mind Will Z this week. What about Oost? He's right there. He's not tempting you. Gained across the board last week, all with the short game. But he's an anomaly. That's how he rolls. Yeah, I mean, I look, it looks good. I mean, we see 29th, 11th, 6th in his last three starts. Ball striking hasn't been great. He's right around even at Farmers and Waste Management. Gained 2.2 last week. But if you can get any level of consistency out of a guy like Ustase, and I, I think, you know, that's looking good. It's kind of like we talked about with Siwoo Kim at the beginning of the year. With these volatile guys kind of start to get it dialed in, um, that's definitely a good sign. So it, you feel like you're mitigating some of the risk that, you know, he seems to be playing a little bit more consistently. Um, yeah, I mean, I don't mind him at 8,800. Yeah, uh, listen, I think Oost benefits if it's difficult, if, you know, long irons, those are the things he's handled, Valspar, he's handled, I mean, he thrives in strong fields, tough type, major-like venues. I'm not running to play him, but I, I certainly think he's playable. Molinari's fine, we'll see, certainly, if you're looking for, if you think it plays easier. Uh, I don't really like him in tougher conditions, but that's more of a hunch. We haven't seen a great data set on that yet. The the fifth at the U.S. Open that wasn't uh, no, that, that was wasn't an hard amateur enough for you. Horse. Get that shit okay. out of here. That's no good. <laughs> Where was that? Shri- yeah, fifth at Shriners too. Get Will Z still got it was sixth first of all, but uh, <laughs> get it get it right. He didn't. He top five or bust. Um, <laughs> anyway, that's neither here nor there. Yeah, I we also haven't seen him really putt anywhere just yet. Um, he was good out in the Poa Land, but did not seem to like the Bermuda last week. What about, I mean, it's a guy that you've been waiting eons for. He's on Bermuda. He's an LSU guy. Seen it at Genesis. What about Sam Burns? Way too popular now. Everybody likes yeah. Sam Burns. It's just, it's like, I'm over him. I bet. No. Uh, yeah, I mean, this feels like now he's playing great. It's like everybody's just been waiting for Sam Burns on Bermuda, which we are here um, yeah, I mean, playing phenomenal. I, I don't know what to say. I think the price is fine at 8,400 coming off the third at Riviera, um, gained 5.7 with the ball striking. And we've just seen, you know, good finishes, good ball striking out of him. I think Bermuda could just be what he needs to get him over the line. I mean, I've, I've still, he, he fared a lot better at Riviera on Sunday. He kind of had had a couple instances of getting into contention and playing awful on Sunday. I mean, he didn't convert at Riviera. Yeah, he, I guess he played well enough, finished third. Um, yeah, I, I like – I mean, I've been long on Burns, and I think the move to Bermuda, especially coming off the California swing, I think can just be a, a huge boost for some of these guys. And he's one of those guys where you would think would get that boost, and maybe that puts him over the edge. I like him better as a bet. He's going to be too popular, but he's 45-1 to 1, uh, looking at Odd Shopper right now. That's good enough for me to put on the card. He He has the talent to win. This is an overly strong field. It's a good field, but it's nothing crazy. I'm not sure. It, it, we'll have to see again. Alex's ownership projections. We'll talk about that tomorrow night. If he's 
overwhelming chalk, I'll look to, you know, pay up, pay down. You've got Kokrak there. You've got Leishman there. <laughs> I do think in an alternative universe, Harris English makes a lot more sense this week because he will be unowned. And I've been waiting for that. I've been fading him for a long time, as everybody knows. I just don't know where his game is at. It's been a struggle lately. But what about Kokrak, who is just apparently the best putter on tour for no reason whatsoever? He once again gained a boatload of strokes on the greens last week. Yeah, this is a tough range down here. Harris English just left his game in Hawaii, right? He like won the Tournament of Champions with 32nd at Sony. And then we have cut, cut, and lost 10 strokes ball striking last week. Um, Justice when he was 10 K in like fields like this. Yeah, th- this is, I don't really like a lot of plays. Once we get below Burns, I don't like any of these guys down here. It would be co-crack for me at 8,100. Cause he's the only guy. If you look at English minus 9.6 last week, Leishman lost six. Kisner lost almost five. Kevin Na was right around even. So bad ball striking out of all these guys, except for co-crack plus 3.6. Uh, and he was ninth. So, I mean, I would I would go there in the lower AK range, but this is just not a place that, that I would like to go. But just uh, of all the guys down here, Kokrak's the only one that played well last week. You can kind of embrace a little bit of volatility with him. He can be boomer bust. But I would rather go down to the 7K range or maybe try to get up to guys like Burns, Zalatoris, somewhere a little bit higher. Not a big fan of the AK or lower eights, I should say. Yeah, I'm with you. I will say, uh, just looking ahead one week, I think Kisner – could be a buy low spot. I kind of hope he misses the cut here. I like him much better at Sawgrass. Um, he's had a history of Pete Dye. That's one to keep in mind. You'll be hearing more on that next week. Uh, let's get to the sevens. Before I do, though, chat, see the regulars. It's good to see everybody on this Tuesday. We hope taking a break from maybe some top shots. It's freezing in New York. Come watch some golf. If you can hit the like button for us, helps out the show, supports me and Tim. We appreciate it. But also subscribe to the channel, hit the notification bell. We have so many shows. We don't want you to miss any content. March Madness, a couple weeks away. Doing some bracket stuff. I'm going to tell you now, just just to tease it. We will have that, me and Matt and Alex and everyone, we've got you covered. Uh, I got some teams. It could end really poorly. Not Tim's Minnesota golfers who... You guys are on the struggle bus. Not good. Uh, You got to get rid of your coach. Anyway, that's neither here nor there. 7K range, Tim. A lot of of golfers. A lot of options, starting with Taylor Gooch and Cam Davis. (laughs) What an interesting mini range. Gooch, Davis, Rosen, Fowler, and then the hottest player on tour in Cameron Tringale. What do you do with the top of the sevens? Um, I'm just going to keep hammering away at Cam Davis at 7,900. It's just week in, week out, striking it great. Um, You know, not getting a lot out of the putter. I I think eventually that'll come around. But, you know, he's 43rd at Riviera, gained 3.6. 14th at Pebble, gained 2.1. 32nd at Farmers, he gained 9.6. He was third at Amex, he gained 6. Gained 5.5 at Sony. I mean, this is week in and week out. You just don't really see consistently uh, plus like four or five, six strokes ball striking out of guys for, you know, five tournaments in a row. So he's kind of cementing himself as kind of one of the best off the tee and approach game players on tour, even though, you know, he's a young guy. Um, I, I like it. I think the price is good. I, I think he's just striking it too well. Um, and the finishes have been, you know, he's been he is spotty third at Amex, 14th at Pebble. Some of them have been better than others, but I like him. I, I prefer to go there rather than take a shot with some of the bigger names that are not playing well, like Ricky or Justin Rose. 
what do you make? Because I'll, I'll throw my support behind Cam Davis. Long-term buy for me as well. The Tita Green numbers are good. Maybe he's outclassed in some of these, but we're going to find out. And if I find out that he's not, it's too late. I'd rather try, and it's been working so far. But between, let's dive into Ricky and Rose just for a second. So Rose again, you know, depending on what you look at, some stats could be encouraging. The macro look did not look good. 54th last week hasn't done much. Kind of the same thing with Ricky. He's been a disaster to the point where I literally didn't even play him at Genesis, and that's a rarity. He gained five and a half strokes putting, which normally you'd say, oh my God, and he still only came in 20th. We have been looking for Ricky's putter desperately lately. That was his first positive strokes gained putting of the year, but he lost five strokes with the irons. I don't know what to make of either of their games. If you had to pick one, who would it be? Or do you say, you know what? I'm not going to chase with either of these guys. Uh, well, I guess I would say I'm not going to chase with either okay. of these guys. But for me, that my preference would be with Rose, um, who at least had a second place finish on the Mideast swing. Um, so there was a good finish recently somewhere with him. Now, he was bad last week and the ball striking was bad. Um, but he's played very well here. I'm uh, not a huge course history guy, but he likes to hear a third and ni- a ninth, a second, another third. Um, and like I said, with at least you know playing well during one of those mid east swing events uh, is better than Ricky, who yeah he was 20th at Riviera, but he was negative three ball striking. That's coming off back to back back to back missed cuts at Pebble and waste management. Um, I would go with Rose, but I still prefer Cam Davis over those guys. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I do think, again, it's not to say, oh, I don't know what to do. I'm just going to bet him. But Rose is upwards of 70 to 1, I, I and Ricky's 80 to 1. I don't think it's crazy to look to some exposure there if you don't want to have the hassle of them, because it does feel pretty binary right now where there's a lot of miscut equity relative to the range. And if you think the top end equity is there, well, why not capture it? in the form of an outright or a top five or a top 10 oddshopper.osimo.com help you to find that value. If you want to do it that way, this is where though, cause I'm with you, Cam Davis, I think is safer. You've got Tringale and you've got Lanto who actually didn't putt for a change and was still pretty good. I like Lanto again. Tringale is the one I'm struggling with. He's playing over his head, but he's been doing it for a while and the irons have been fantastic. Yeah, if this was a weaker range, I might actually be around on Tringali, who's just playing really well. Um, I think the price is good. Gained seven and a half strokes ball striking at Riviera, which I think is a horrible course for him. Uh, But the problem is, is there's other guys in this range who are, I think, playing almost as well that I'm just more of a long-term fan of. Lanto was really good last week. T22 gained five and a half. Um, He was 26 at Riviera. He was seventh at Farmers, gained 6.2. And he's not the kind of guy where you usually see these big off-to-tee and approach numbers out of. So he's striking it really well, like him. I really like Hoffman at 7,600. Yeah, It's been a weird run for him, right? The fall swing, he was really good. um, And he was really good at Sony. He gained nine strokes, ball striking, finished T14. And then he went WD, WD, missed cut. And that was at waste management, but then he, but he came back with a seventh at Pebble, fifty second at Riviera, but really good off the tee, really good on approach. Uh, uh, both of those events, so it's kind of been a mixed bag, right? Good fall series, downswing, but now he's he, he's trending back up. I think if you look at the whole thing over the last 
I don't know, three, four months. I, I think it's a positive. And 7,600, good price. He's had some success here. I like Hoff, but this is a tough range. There's a lot of plays up here. Yeah, there are. Um, a lot of hatred for, for Ricky and Rose. It's understandable. They've cost us all a lot of money over the year. Uh, I like Hoffman. I like Lanto. This is the mid sevens where we are now. This is where it's, it's very tricky. Grace won last week in Puerto Rico. I, I don't really see it. Oh uh, yeah. That's got a sting. I assume you didn't have that. Um, oh, yeah, no, no, I did not have that. <laughs> You've mentioned him more than me. I always rip on grace. Uh, Bezin who, listen, I see what people are saying off the tee is very weak. If he can survive, he's got that speak like game right now. Good around the green, good putter. Irons are good. Matt Jones has really been good. He's a good win player. I mean, there are, there are plays here. Griot's back. I know, though, maybe I'm wrong, but I'm going to say it. You've got to like Corey Connors at 73, right? Of course. It's like, oh, one missed cut, and let's just, just forget about this guy and, you know, dump him down to 7,300 with horrible Euros like Alex Noren, Ian Poulter, you know, fake Euros like Brendan Todd. I Look, I mean, he missed the cut at Riviera. But prior to that, I mean, he had been very good, plus 5.2 at Waste Management, plus 4.6 at Farmers. And I mean, you can go back as far as you want to find great ball striking numbers out of him. Um, I think the course fit is good. I think the price is is really good. And I, I don't like to overreact to one missed cut, as we've talked about a lot. And I think a lot of people do that. They see, oh, oh he missed, missed cut of Riviera and something's wrong. No, it, it was two rounds. I think he's underpriced. Uh, fairly significantly. So yes, one of my favorite plays. Great ball striker, bad putter, better than the guys around him though. Um, yes. You know, there's other names, like I said, Griot's there. The guy I want to talk about though is another one of your faves and a guy that I never, and I mean never get right. <laughs> it's Norin, who was great at Genesis, gained across the board, I don't know if I'm just sucked into the allure that there's a chance this play is very difficult, and I think that suits his game. Um, he's got some experience, certainly. Uh, was the third at Honda. He's played API a couple times, uneventful. I do think that Noren's game, though, is kind of stabilized a bit, and these, it's just a fair price. He's 73. If you don't want to play him, you've got another Swede. Norlander's playing great golf at 72. Uh, do you have any interest in those Swedes? You can rope in Stenson if you want, who used to be three grand more than these guys, but I don't know if he's even good anymore. Yeah, no, Stenson does not look good. I'll start with him. You know, what wasn't good when we saw him in the fall swing at playing horrible events when he was cheap, uh, play the European swing and then, uh, or the mid-east swing on the European tour did not play well there. Um, he would strictly be like a course history play, which I, I don't do. I don't mind Norin. Like you said, I think the tougher, the better for him. So if I think if we see really tough conditions, I think that could help him still. I still prefer um, Connors over him. You know, once we get down to, to the lower sevens, not a lot. I like, I think, you know, like you said, you probably like Wyndham Clark again this week. I, I, I think Obviously. we're seeing it's like, he's a boomer bust player, but the busts are getting better or they're fewer and farther between. Uh, like I said, with Usti, you know, when in, inconsistent guys start to play better and at least their poor finishes are still made cuts, I think that that's kind of huge for him. And flat seven, I think, is a good price coming off an eighth at Riviera. Um, you know, the ball striking numbers haven't been good, but he's making the cut 
and we know he's got some upside. I think the price is good, and I kind of like him. You know, you throw him in the Bryson, Kokrak kind of style of player. So um, I, I, I'm still kind of waiting for that big week out of Wyndham Clark. Yeah, he's been hovering. The other thing is while you wait, you know, you're not paying 9K for him. Like, if you wait and he's coming in 40th, that's fine. Like, you'll just take that and wait at flat seven. A, the Genesis, I mean, what's there to say? He's making cuts, and that's all I care about when you're talking about this price range. <sighs> Benny Han is there. He's 71. And then you've got a couple of Euros. That I do want to ask you before we get to the sixes. You've got Bobby Mack. You've got Victor Perez. You've got Westwood. I have really no interest in these guys. It's not to say they can't play well. I just have nothing to go off of that they will play well. Uh, it's all feel. And to me, I'd roll those shares to Connors, to Poulter, to Clark, to on, to Kirk. Kirk is at flat seven. A lot of options. Yeah, I, we're on the same page. I'm not big on chasing the European tour guys. Um, you know, Bobby Mack, people love him. And, and, you know, maybe he will be the next big thing, but I don't, I don't think right now. Uh, Victor Perez has some good finishes, but I, I don't I, – I tend to play him in the WGCs and you get what we got last week for T52. Westy, no thank you. So, yeah, I'm going to pass on the the European triumvirate. Yeah. I mean, fair enough. I, I don't I don't know. Like I said, you don't you don't have room for everybody. And I have no line that. Uh, yeah, uh, we'll see when, when Bobby Mack is somehow holding the trophy with Victor Perez because they canceled the tournament because they co-champions. The show may be canceled, but I don't I don't know about that. Why did Grio get DQ last year? I have no idea, but he'll be fine. He was 11th in Puerto this, Rico. What is this? There was some moment here. It was, it was either Rory throwing the club in the water or Rio doing something stupid. They both here. have done that. Um, At Bay Hill, though, right? I think I, somebody I, – I think it was Rory chucking the club. Or somebody did. Uh, never mind. Don't buy me. No, I know that because I, I have it. I've made a list of all the top shot moments I want, and uh, Rio is like eight, and then the club throw is at the top of that list. Anyway, let's get to the sixes. EVR, it's interesting because you've got guys that with a little better form, they're 8,500 here. EVR, Matt Wallace, Steele, Neesmith, Dahman. Um, God, Weisberger was so bad last week. Huge mistake on my part. What do you make of this range? They're certainly playable guys. I don't care that this guy probably has the least name value up here, but Neesmith, the numbers have just been outrageous. Yeah, you can laugh, and, and, and normally I would say, ah, I don't know, this is a tougher field. They've been ridiculously good. 20th at Riviera plus 6.2, 16th at Pebble plus 6.2. That was only in three measured rounds. 7th at Waste Management plus 4.3. 48th at Farmers plus 5.8, and that's only in three measured rounds. Just absolutely striping it uh, for 6,900. Uh, he's a South Carolina guy. I'm going to guess he pre- prefers Bermuda. Um, I love them. I, I mean, the numbers are just way too good. I think the price is good at 6,900. There's nobody else down here that I'm thinking is like, wow, you know, this guy is really a much better play. I mean, there's decent plays, but nobody's jumping off the page of me. I, I love Neesmith at, at 6,900. I see how you got there. The stats line up. I don't, I don't think he's as good as these guys. I'm not going to lie, but he's playing pretty well. And it's a combination like Matt Wallace is playing not great EVR. I don't know what to make of him. Every, every time I looked last week, he was under par. 
significantly. And then he finished like three over in all those rounds. So I don't know what he did. Uh, what about Munoz though? He was scorching hot, 6,700, had a bad stretch. He rebounded nicely. He gained five strokes on the approach in the WGC. He's on Bermuda. I think this is a great buy low spot on a guy who's much better than this price. Yeah, I agree 100%. I guess I should have prefaced that with everybody, but Munoz would kind of be the other guy. Um, you know, played great last year. Uh, I kind of fell off the map, regressed a little bit, which was to be expected, but really bounced back nicely. Like you said, approach game was good. 22nd, really strong field. We're back on Bermuda. 6,700 does seem like a good buy low price, but. I still I can't ignore I can't ignore Neesmith. If it's between those two, I'm going with Neesmith. I'm going down with the ball striking. Are you going to go down with Stanley? Oh uh, boy, he ju- the only thing keeping me off of Stanley was where did he play last? Riviera, and he the the numbers were not as good. Um, yeah, negative two point three at Riv. I, I I'll, I'll keep hammering away with Champ too at sixty six hundred. Um, the approach game was actually decent last week. He gained 1.5 off the tee. He gained 1.5 on approach. So not not huge off the tee numbers, but the approach game was solid. Um, short game was bad. Um, but for 6,600, you know, we've seen what this guy can do. Big scoring upside, just big just potential in general uh, when he plays well. And there's just not a lot of other guys down here. So I kind of like what he brings to the table. Definitely like that he was positive in the approach last week. Yeah, he's... Stanley, I think, is fine. I'm I'm not as high. The finishes have been really good. The results, the stats, not lining up perfectly. Varner is kind of in the opposite. His stats have been pretty blah. The results are all over the place. A lot of missed cuts. He had that one good one at Waste Management. I don't hate the spot for him, per se. I just, at the same time, I'm not sure how much I'm going to need of any of these guys. I've got Munoz. I've got, you know, Neesmith if I need him. I'm not sure I'll even need that. Oh, you need him. No, I, I don't think I do. I think I need Straka, though. 64. Uh, and then, I mean, I can't wait. I've been waiting the whole show. Now it's actually pertinent. I mean, there was a time where I used to say, you've got $8,400 Sam Burns or $8,300 Doc Redman. <laughs> Which one do you like? Doc Redman, the wheels have fallen off. Do you think this is maybe what he needed to get to Bermuda for some reason, or have the wheels just fallen off? So I don't think the wheels have fallen off. Um, you know, he was not good at Riviera. Like the ball striking wasn't good. Um, but, but if you look at the missed cuts running up to that, I mean, ball striking great at waste management, the missed cut plus 3.9 good in the, in the one round at farmers that we have data for during the missed cut. So I, I really wasn't concerned with him at all. Cause the off the tee, the on approach had been really good. He'd just been missing the cut. Riviera, he was just bad all the way around. But like Burns, I think the switch to Bermuda is going to be huge for him. And I, I, you know, there, there's a little bit of concern with Redmond, but I definitely uh, not jumping off of him, especially now that we're that we're switching to Bermuda. Um, you know, you could look at it as three missed cuts in a row. I'm looking at it as two good ball striking performances. And eh, Riviera, a little shaky there, but I, I think switching to Bermuda is huge for him. And I'm just just a long-term buy on him. I think 6,400. I'll keep plugging away a little bit. I'm, I'm definitely not hopping off of him now. Yeah. I mean, listen, it, it is an easier cut to make. There are playable guys. I think for me, Munoz is, is pretty safe. Uh, and then we've got guys that are more risky in the, in the Straka, Redmond, 
even Stanley to an extent. I want to throw, you mentioned Champ. I can't even remember to say the seventh in Puerto Rico. Cam Percy is another pretty pure ball striker. Has some troubles with the putter. I don't know, though. He's making some cuts. I don't think if you're in a jam, you could do that much better than him in this range. He, he's one of my favorite 65 and below plays. Yeah, the thing about Percy for me, and we see a few of these guys where they don't play often, they generally play in weak fields, but when we see them, they play well. It's kind of like the DJ Trahan of like last year where it's like, yeah, it's like they play once every six weeks at an awful event, but then they play well and the numbers are good. Um, And, you know, everything you said is true. Seventh um, last week at Puerto Rico, good at Pebble ball striking really good at farmers i mean i don't mind him at 6500 definitely piqued my interest it's just tough for me this is a, str- a lot stronger field than we usually see cam percy in um and i think i'd rather just take shots with you know whether it's champ or doug gim who's kind of been up and down or doc redmond i think i would rather go that route with a young guy and hope we can really just get a huge performance it's really hard for me to see cam percy finishing in like the top 15 not that you need that from him at this Mm -hmm. price but i just think the upside is limited in a stronger field like this a couple minutes left before we bounce on out of here but obviously stay tuned nhl nba shows on shows on shows that is why hit the like button subscribe to the channel everything that you need we got you covered i just want to throw a couple names i'm not even saying to go here but you've got CT Pan at 62 you've got stewart at 62 lahiri is 61 danny lee is 61 is there anyone this low or do you think that that's a little unnecessary because you're probably not going to do like Rory Bryson. And even if you did, I don't know if you would need this low of a player. Yeah, there was nobody below like 64 that really, really jumped out at me. Um, I mean, Danny Lee, I think at 6,100, if you just wanted a complete dart throw, he's a guy that you never really know what you're going to get from him. Different player than like Bryson or something different style, but Kind of the same theory. I, I mean, at, at low ownership at 6,100, wouldn't mind taking a shot with him. Um, but yeah, I, I don't think, like you said, I just don't think there's really lineup construction really won't, you won't need to go down here. I don't, I don't feel like there's not a bunch of, you know, just can't miss studs at the top that you're going to want to jam in. And, you know, I think there's just better plays for just a couple hundred dollars, you know, more expensive 64, 65, $6,600 range. Yeah, I tend to agree. Um, you know, I've seen Hollywood Hoagies thrown out, Tom Hoagie, Keith Mitchell. These guys, I, I think they have to fit the right build. I I don't see a big difference between most of the guys in this range besides Munoz to me. Um, but I think other people will recognize that. There's a lot of ways you can go. Final thoughts here before we get out of here. One, did you bet anyone in particular? Uh, everyone in the world has cashed now like 50 consecutive outrights. I, like, I'm having a good betting year, but I'm not even close to the Twitter sphere who's got like, if you don't hit a double, it's not even worth posting. Oh, no, I haven't, I haven't bet anybody yet. Yeah, you got to win. Yeah, you have to like literally, I swear I saw a guy post his record and he had won like seven outrights, hit like seven outrights this year, but he was down units or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's it. That like, how does that happen? Now we're, you know, we're, I've been focusing a lot of effort on top shots. We're going to get back into the golf betting here, here pretty soon. So, well, don't worry because we have you covered the man behind the glass and me. 
humble brag. Uh, we have our contenders video out each and every week. It's a short video, eight to 10 minutes. Josh gives three bets. I give three bets. Had Morikawa last week, had Homa two weeks ago. Been rolling. Uh, this week, I have some bad players in there. So you want to go and check that out. Make sure to leave some comments, particularly with Josh's picks. Don't don't rip on mine too much. But if you need to, our Twitter handles are there. Mine, at DFS. Tim's at Fantasy Golf Man. If you have any questions, get in Slack. Office hours, lean on the tools, Alex's projections, the leverage tool, one of the best ones we have, pro players, everything that you need. Really, if you haven't tried out golf, if you're just stumbled upon the show, I really recommend getting in. It's a great time. We've got the players next week, uh, API this week, a lot going on. Um, last thing I'll say, Prophecy TV, what build will be more contrarian, balanced or stars and scrubs? Top of the field is so much win equity. I think that balanced is always a little contrarian in fields like this. People want to jam because they say, oh, it's an easier cut to make. Yeah, I mean, and I, and I think when you have – even though it's not, we don't have JT, we don't have Ron, we don't have guys like that. You still have some big names, Rory, Bryce, and people generally, I don't think like, it doesn't feel comfortable to fade those guys. I think people want to start with with one of those guys. The traditional bill is is never to me balanced, like just leaving out everybody above 10K. Yeah, I, I agree. Um, so on that note, we're going to bounce on out of here. Good luck, everyone. I expect to see, if you can, tomorrow night, uh, 8 o'clock, me and Jason Rosen breaking it down, answering your questions. A lot to do. March Madness, PGA, NBA, great time of the year. So good luck, everyone. Enjoy your Tuesday. See you guys tomorrow night.